good things and an opportunity for you to share your love and to uh, give a note to them. While you're standing, if you have your Bibles, I uh, am aware of the time, and uh, we will be as expeditious as possible. And everybody said, yeah, right, we know you. Amen. I'm so glad for daylight savings time today. I'm so thankful for the extra hour to preach to you that I got today. I'm just kidding. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And then 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. These are letters that were written by the Apostle Paul to his protege, someone who is his understudy or a younger man who was learning how to be uh, in, in the role of an apostle and to serve in ministry. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 says, "Fight." Uh, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And then in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse 7, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The Apostle Paul once again writing to Timothy and referring to faith as a fight. He says, fight the good fight of faith. And he says, uh, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And the Apostle Paul makes it clear to us that keeping the faith or maintaining our faith in God is at times a fight or a battle. It's not something that happens just because you want it to be so. It's something that from time to time you have to be aggressive about. You have to be willing to fight against those forces that would steal your faith. And just so we have clarity today, we're not talking about fighting against a person, an individual, flesh and blood, humanity, but we're talking about fighting against the enemy who is desiring to sap us of our faith. And for a few moments today, I want to talk about healing broken faith. And at the end, here in about 25 minutes, we're going to have a prayer of deliverance. And something is going to be loosed in this house. Uh, some people are going to be set free from some things that have been bugging you for a while. I, I really believe that God's going to do something in this. If you believe that, put your hands together and clap to the Lord with me right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And uh, you may be seated. God bless you. There's a man who died about 10 years ago. His name was Charles Templeton. And uh, he was born in 1915. And uh, as a young man, he was a very skilled cartoonist. And at the age of 17, was hired by a large newspaper to do their political cartoons. 17. So he got involved in a very riotous lifestyle. A lot of uh, uh, drinking, carousing, multiple relationships. And he just got disgusted with his life. And in his 20s, he converted to Christianity. He was sick of the sinful lifestyle that he had been living. As he converted to Christianity, he was very zealous. And uh, since he was skilled and gifted, he began to pursue 
serving God. And before long, his gifts and skills became apparent to everyone, and he stepped into ministry. During his time of ministry, he pastored a church in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, that grew very quickly to 1,200 members. And this man, Charles Templeton, also engaged in evangelistic crusades, particularly a crusade that went all through Europe. It was he and another evangelist that did evangelistic crusades. The other evangelist you may have heard of before, his name is Billy Graham. Billy Graham, easily one of the most well-known and highly respected evangelical speakers or evangelists of the last century. In fact, most people felt that Charles Templeton was a better evangelist and a better speaker and more effective than Billy Graham. So he rose to fame in the 1940s. Most thought that he was the one that was going to turn the world upside down with the gospel. He helped found an organization called Youth for Christ International. And he had a religious television show on CBS called Look Up and Live. This was Charles Templeton. But his story is a sad story because later in his life he announced a certain point that he was no longer a believer, that he was an agnostic. And when people asked him, what caused you to walk away from your faith in God and serving God? He said, I had a lot of nagging questions that I was dealing with. One time I looked at a picture on the cover of Life magazine and I saw an African woman who was holding her dead, emaciated child. All that she needed was rain. And I believed, had been a believer, that God was the one that controlled the rain. And all he need, she needed was rain. How could a loving God that has all power allow this to happen? This began a series of questions and uh, intellectual journey and adventure, if you would, that he went on that caused him to lose his faith in God. The author Lee Strobel, who wrote the book A Case for Faith, had an interview with Charles Templeton later in life, right before his death. During their interview and their conversations, Templeton was adamant about his agnosticism or his lack of belief in God or believing that there could not be a God based on these objections that were in his thoughts. But when they were talking, Strobel asked him about Jesus. said, what about Jesus? And Templeton said he was a great philosopher. I believe he was the greatest man that ever lived. And as the conversation went, he said, in fact, this is going to sound strange, but I adore him. And if I was to be honest with you, then his chin began to quiver and tears began to roll down his face. He said, I miss him. The journalist probed, in what way? As he was shaking, wiping away tears, he raised his hand and waved away the question and regained his composure and went back to his adamant position. 
2001, he wrote a book, one of the saddest books you'll ever read, a heartbreaking book entitled Farewell to God. See, these questions and thoughts had drained his faith in God. And it was while he was going through this that he was best friends with Billy Graham. and had many conversations with Billy Graham, who was younger and at that time less renowned. And his conversations had caused Billy Graham to go through his own faith crisis, dealing with the same questions. But at one point as he was walking in the forest, thinking about these things, he suddenly fell to his knees and made a decision and said, I choose to believe in God. And of course, the rest, as you study the story of Billy Graham, the rest is history. Now, I've shared with this congregation some time ago about my own personal faith crisis when I was in college. I had been raised in a church uh, since I was an infant. My father was a pastor, and so I was as exposed as you could be to Christianity and heard all the stories and believed with all of my heart. But in my second year of college, as we studied secular humanism, humanistic perspective of the world, particularly the theory of evolution, the theory of origins and beginnings, I found myself struggling with nagging questions that uh, were, in essence, battling against my confidence in God and my confidence that God existed and that it was real and that he was the one that had created the earth, the heavens and the earth. And in my thoughts, I wanted to believe. I desired to believe what I'd been taught, but I was struggling with these questions and these questions were sapping my faith. And uh, I can't point to a particular time where I fell to my knees in a forest, but I do know that I kept believing and I kept attending church and I kept praying. Amen. Now this was not just some light little easy thing that I got over in one afternoon. It was something where I couldn't sleep and I had tears when I was trying to go to sleep at night because I desperately wanted to be a believer but my mind was pushing me this direction and I was being pulled by my exposure to uh, secular beliefs and, and the secular education that I was a part of. But I just kept doing what I knew to do. And as I said, I can't point to a certain time. But I do know that one time, one time I just stopped and I realized, you know what? I'm not struggling with that any longer. And my confidence in God has been restored. And not only that, but I'm seeing God begin to use me in ministry. And I'm seeing the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow through my life and in my life. I have no problem being transparent with you today about struggles that I may have had because each and every one of us in this place at one time or another have had challenges to our faith or our confidence in God. Maybe it was because of your education, something along the way, inserted thoughts that challenged your ability to believe in God. Maybe it was your upbringing that produced thoughts and questions. Uh, maybe for someone in this house today, you prayed about something and you believed God was going to answer your prayer, but the answer that you got was not the answer that you wanted. Uh, and so it caused uh, you to begin to question whether or not God existed, whether or not God loved you, and whether or not God cared 
cared. Amen. Some of you, it may be the offense at the hand of a brother when somebody who calls himself a Christian has done something to you or said something that hurt you. And uh, uh, the problem is, is that Christians don't represent Christ very well sometimes. Uh, and when someone offends you, that offense uh, it can become a wound to your faith <clears throat> so much so that it affects your ability to believe in God. Whether you realize it or not, uh, the effect does damage uh, to your faith. Or maybe for somebody, it's someone that you respected that walked with God and lived for God. and They walked away for, from God. Uh, a Charles Templeton in your life that walked away and it raised questions in your spirit uh, that causes your faith to be challenged. Uh, for someone else here today, your faith may be under attack because of your own personal failures uh, or your inconsistency in your walk with God and you're so upset with yourself that it's causing problems in your ability to believe God. I've come here today to do battle with faith robbers. I've come to do battle with things that drain you of your confidence in God. Amen. Because the Word of God has something important to say about this. The Word of God has important things to say about this. The Bible lets us know that this subject really matters. These things that steal our faith and these things that drain us of our confidence in God. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, we'll look at this verse in the life group as well. But it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, him being God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible makes it plain that if you are drained of your faith, that if your confidence in God has seeped out of you, it is absolutely impossible for you to please God. In fact, as you read this verse, it says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is. And if you have lost the ability to believe in God's existence, then you can't even approach God. A prerequisite to approaching God is to believe that He exists and to believe that if you pursue after him, if you go after him, that he is going to respond to your pursuit and he is going to reward your effort in calling upon the name of the Lord. So I want you to understand clearly today that your faith is critical. Jesus said to Peter, I pray for you that your faith fail not. Jesus was praying for Peter. Not that he wouldn't have troubles, not that he wouldn't get sick, not that he wouldn't go through storms, not that he wouldn't be tested. But he said, I pray for you that your faith fail not. Because if your faith fails, if you lose your faith, you lose all access to the power and the anointing of God. You can't even approach the Lord. In fact, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, every miracle of Jesus was a product of people's faith in Him. 
He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And Jesus said this, if you believe, all things are possible unto you. And so I guarantee you. If I can get all Tennessee on you right now. I guarantee you that the enemy is interested in sapping you of your faith through whatever means possible. Amen. The devil doesn't care if you get blessed. The devil doesn't care if you got money. The devil doesn't care if you have 32 pair of shoes in your closet and a closet big enough to hold it. Devil doesn't care if you drive something nice. What the devil is worried about or concerned about is your level of faith. Because he understands that if your faith gets high, you're going to cause him problems. But if your faith gets low, you're going to fall to his schemes. It's all about your faith today. And that's why I've come to do battle with you against faith robbers. And things that have gotten into your spirit that suck you dry. Amen. We heard a word of prophecy last night in our spiritual warfare time in prayer. God's going to do something in this place. There are some of you that can't figure out why you can't stay on top of things. You leave the house of the Lord full of faith, but it's two days later and you're drained of your faith. Some of you got spiritual tapeworms in your faith tank that's sucking out all the nourishment that's been poured into you through the Word of God and through your prayer, and you can't survive or thrive anymore. Maybe it's a leech that's got connected connected to your spirit that's sucking you dry. But today in the house of the Lord, deliverance is getting ready to happen in this place. Three biblical truths that matter in this subject. Number one, biblical truth number one, the Bible implies strongly that faith is a measurable commodity and that it is a variable in the life of a believer. I'll come back and make that statement again, but let me make some points to prove that. Jesus said things like this. Jesus said, where is your faith? Jesus said, why did you doubt? Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Jesus said, great is your faith. And then in Acts, the book of Acts, the Bible says of Stephen and Barnabas that they were men who were full of faith. So that gives me the impression, the implication is that my faith is measurable. It can be empty, it can be half full, it can be full, it can be little, it can be gone, it can be partially there, I can be full of faith, I can have great faith. Everybody understand that. And not only is it a measurable commodity, but it goes up and down. And I know this from my own life. Do I got a witness in the house here as well? That sometimes I am full of faith, and sometimes my faith seems to be empty. The second important biblical principle built on the first one, the first one is my faith is measurable and variable. Secondly, is my effectiveness as a believer and our effectiveness as a church is tied to the level of faith in our faith reservoir. Let me connect it to you first of all. You've got a faith reservoir, like a gas tank. 
that your faith reservoir can be empty. And if it's empty, then it's full of unbelief. It can be half full. That means, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Or it can be full. There's an absence of unbelief. And your effectiveness as a believer and your effectiveness in working in the kingdom of God is tied directly to the level of faith that's in your reservoir. I want to say this too, is that in the body of Christ as a church, as a local church, our effectiveness as a church is not based on how well we play our instruments. And our effectiveness as a church is not based on how many great programs that we have. Our effectiveness as a church in seeing people liberated from sin, in seeing people delivered from bad habits, in seeing people's lives transformed is tied directly, not to me, but to us and our individual faith reservoirs levels. The Bible says of Stephen and Barnabas that they were men who were full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible also says that many were added to the church and the church began to grow. That's why as your pastor, I'm a little bit adamant today about going after these leeches in your spirit that's sucking you dry of your confidence in God. Because it doesn't just affect you, but it affects all of us as well. And there's some people in this house... That you've been getting filled up and it drains out the cracks. It drains out the holes. Rather than you being able to walk in faith. And right now in this place, we are talking about healing broken faith. But to be more specific, I think our subject should be healing a broken faith reservoir. Because there's nothing about faith that's broken. Your container has an issue. And right now I believe in the Holy Ghost today that some of these things are going to be dealt with and some people are going to be liberated. Some people are going to be set free from nagging questions and nagging issues and nagging things that have been allowed to be in your mind and your spirit. So the point number two, your effectiveness And our effectiveness is tied to the level of your faith. The power of God working through you is proportional to your confidence in God. Our confidence in God is our faith. Lots of faith in God, lots of power of God working through me. Limited faith in God, limited power of God working through me. No faith in God, confidence completely drained, no power of God working through us. Are you guys with me right now? The Bible makes it exceptionally clear that faith is what enables us to tap into heaven's resources. It is like money in the bank being able to tap into the power and the resources of God. It is the currency with which we access heaven's storehouse. So point number three. Number one, faith is measurable and variable. Number two, my effectiveness as a believer is tied to my faith in the faith reservoir. And number three, the flow of faith or the refilling or the baptism of faith into your spirit is continuous. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, The faith, then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means while you're sitting in church today, your faith tank is being filled up as you're hearing the word of God. 
if your spirit is open and you're ready to receive, your faith tank is being filled. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means when we speak about the power of God and the authority of God and the strength of God, that it is a word of faith, amen? It's a word of faith that's coming your direction, and if you receive it, it'll fill up your faith tank, or it will put extra faith in your faith tank. But now, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean it's happening in your spirit. Faith cometh, but you got to get it. Just like the bus cometh, but if you don't get it on us, the buseth, then you misseth the buseth. The bus cometh, faith cometh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But you've got to be engaged, be, be ready to hear. It's important how you hear the word. Because there's a word here for somebody right now that says God is about to make a transformation in your life. But you can see, sit there and say, yeah, I heard that before. Sit there like a cynic. Yeah, I've heard preachers say that before. Seems like I heard something last week and and things are still the same. See, that's a cynic. You're not going to get anything from that. But faith cometh by hearing. So there is a constant flow of faith coming coming your direction. And then in Jude uh, chapter number 1, if you can pull up that scripture verse, it also says that our faith is built up by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, build up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. Build upon your most holy faith. I believe it's verse 17 uh, uh, of Jude chapter 1, 16 or 17. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That means when I pray in the Spirit, uh, my faith tank uh, is being refilled. It's coming back up again. I've been, Can you guys find that verse for me? It's being filled up again. I'll find it for you right now. Amen. The verse is Jude chapter 1 verse 20. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Spirit, your faith is restored. So when you sit and hear the word of faith preached, there is faith pouring into your spirit. It's available to you. And when you get alone or when you get in a prayer meeting and you begin to pray until you break through into the Spirit. See, there's two types of prayer. There's prayer with understanding and there's prayer in the spirit that's why the apostle Paul said I do both I pray with understanding and I pray in the spirit praying with understanding means praying in a language that I understand words that I know communicating to God praying in the spirit means when the spirit prays through you and you begin to speak some people call it a prayer language but it is uh, the uh, initially the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit everybody with the gift of the spirit has the ability to pray in the spirit uh, when you begin to pray and you step out of your language and you begin to groan and speak in the tongues it is a spirit prayer and the bible says what's happening is your faith is being built upon while you are praying in the holy spirit amen so the three important points are number one number one faith is measurable and variable number two my effectiveness is based on the level of faith in my tank and number three the flow of faith is continuous Our theme today is healing broken faith. And I want to tell you just a quick little story here. We uh, purchased a church van. A lot of the young people had the opportunity to ride in it, some of you, uh, several years ago, five, six years ago. Uh, It's a nice van, still pretty nice. There's one problem with the van. Uh, The problem with the van is... There was no windshield wiper fluid. Do I have anybody that's been there before and driven that van and knows what I'm talking about? It's like, 
It seems like that not big of a deal because everything on the van works except that. And so if you drive the van and you're the first one to drive it in two weeks, remember we live in SoCal. SoCal, smog cow. And so you can leave your car there and not do anything to it, not do anything, and it's going to be covered with film. And you can't see, and you turn those things on. So you have to go to the gas station like this, like wipe a little square and go to the gas station and fill it up. And so, and you say, well, Pastor, why don't you refill the reservoir, okay? And I'm smarter than that. I did that immediately. Well, what happened is I filled the reservoir all the way up to the top, and then I went in and tried to use it, and it didn't work. It wouldn't work. It still wouldn't work. And so I'm like, well, there must be something wrong with the functionality of this thing. And uh, so I would then go and look at the tank, and the tank was empty. And I'm like, no, what's the deal here? Because this is not working, so I know I didn't use it. It's supposed to be still in the tank, but it's empty. And so for a long time, we dealt with this little problem, is that we would fill up the tank... And then it would be empty. I'm in my mind, well, maybe, maybe the uh, reservoir's cracked. Maybe it's leaking out and I need to purchase a new reservoir. And, and uh, I thought about, oh, man, i got to go order this part, da-da-da. And, you know, when you get busy, that's the last thing on your mind because it's not my vehicle. I don't drive it every day. And so then it's a week pass. It's a month pass. It's six months pass. And it's still not fixed. What was happening was, well, let me, let me tell you how we figured it out. Uh, we had uh, one of our new members at Life Church, Robert. Robert, stand up. This is Robert Page right back here. Everybody love Robert. He's an awesome guy. And uh, he said, Pastor Brown, thank you, bro. He said, I, I um, uh, work for uh, Metro, the bus company. And so if there's anything that uh, the church van needs, I'd be happy to help to fix, to look at it, whatever. I said, I got something. So uh, he came over and poured, whoops, poured water down the reservoir and got crawled up under the van and looked, and what he discovered was is that in the bottom of the reservoir was a place where a tube came in, and the tube was what fed the functionality of the uh, windshield wiper sprayer that would spray up to the window. So what was happening is not only with that being broken, somehow it got broken. I don't know if it was on, on travel on the road. It blew off something like something happened, and it broke it. And because it was broken, not only did the functionality not work, but the tank wouldn't hold the substance because it all poured out where the tube was supposed to be, where the functionality would be fed. And so Robert crawled under there, took about three seconds. We're talking about messing with this for five years, guys. In three seconds, he puts the little tube back up in there. Maybe it was... Two minutes, I don't know. Puts a little tube back up in there, pours water down in there, and I push the button, and for the first time in the seven-year life of this van, water comes squirting up on the windows, and I begin to... And today I begin to think. People whose faith reservoir is broken... Some of them don't even realize that all they know is that their functionality is not working. They're not able to do what they're supposed to be able to do. They're not able to operate the way they're supposed to operate. And something has happened along the way to cause it to be dislodged or broken. 
And not only does it not function, but number two, they can't keep faith in the tank. It's all draining out. And today I believe in the Holy Ghost that God wants to repair broken reservoirs in your life to not only, come on someone, to not only enable you to maintain your faith, but to put your faith into use so that you can be used in the manner in which God has called you. Been fighting with something for five years, and I've got a two-minute fix for you. God's going to do something in this place in just a few moments uh, so that you won't walk out of here in three days from now wonder if God even exists, uh, even though you walk out of here on cloud nine. Uh, God's going to do something for somebody in this place that's going to enable you on Thursday and Friday to still be maintaining your level of faith uh, and believing that God can work through you and God can work in you. Can I get an amen right now? Praise God. Praise God. Now, um, I mentioned a tapeworm. A tapeworm is a parasite. We mentioned a leech. That was the word that came in the word of prophecy last night. A tapeworm or a leech is something that attaches itself to a viable organism and sucks the virtuous juice, if you would, out of that organism for its own survival. It attaches itself and sucks life and nutrients. I want to tell you today that some of you have voices in your life that are leeches. Some of you have voices in your life that are parasites. They attach themselves and they suck your faith and they suck the life out of you. I want to tell you that your faith in God and your relationship with God is way too important to, to let a parasite drain it. Now, when I say the word parasite, you automatically think, well, that's going to be a mean, horrific, harsh person. Nope. Usually a really nice person. But somebody who triggers in your life something that causes your faith to be drained. And if you allow that voice to continue to push on whatever it is that is causing your faith to be drained, this parasite uh, is sucking it uh, from your life. Amen. Now, we mentioned before that there are various things that can connect to us and uh, can affect our spirit. Some of these things are what we've been dealing with during 40 days of healing. Uh, we talked last week about broken relationships. Uh, when we are offended or have been offended or hurt by someone, that offense can become a leech or a parasite in our spirit that sucks our faith tank dry. Amen. That's why the Bible puts so much emphasis on before you bring an offering to the altar, take care of the offense. Uh, because the offense, even if God blesses you, the offense will take the blessing right away from you with me right now. This unforgiveness uh, will sap it from you. And some of you wonder why your faith is always dragging the bottom. It may be because uh, you have allowed an offense to settle in your life uh, and just to settle there. And you know, there's some people 
uh, who collect other people's offenses. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe we call them gossips or whatever. They see themselves in a different way. They see themselves as, I am an advocate for justice. These people have been done wrong. I'm an advocate for justice. No, you're a collector of garbage. And a garbage collector is supposed to take their load to the dump, but you carry it around with you. And these leeches suck the life out of you. Amen. I can say this because I've been there and done that, and I got the T-shirt, and I'm not going back anymore. Because you got to forgive that person. And I can't afford to let somebody else's offenses drain my faith. I've got to walk in victory in Jesus Christ. See, these leeches or parasites can also be spiritual things. Spiritual things, right? Spirits that attach themselves to you. I don't want to get all spooky here. Because I know it was just October 31st. But these spirits that attach themselves to you, this is not possession. Like, I'm not saying that you may be possessed with an evil spirit. So don't worry, you're not going to go home and have your head turn around backwards and your eyes flip up and spew stuff across the room, stuff like that. Not that that can't happen. But the reality is, there's a whole lot more people that are tormented and oppressed than there ever is that's possessed with an evil spirit. Oh God, I feel my help right now. These are things that torment you. It can be a spirit of fear. It can be through unforgiveness, a spirit that attaches itself to you. And this spirit continues to suck your faith away. And you wonder why you're struggling. You wonder why you can't walk in victory. And you wonder why you can't overcome. There's deliverance in the house today. But I left church feeling on fire for God, feeling full of faith, feeling ready to do something great for God. And by Thursday, by Thursday, I done lost my temper six times. I got in trouble at work. I messed up. This happened. I'm full of bitterness and I can't even wonder. You know what the problem is? The problem's not the source of your faith. The problem's not the supply of your faith. The problem is you've got a broken reservoir or something that's causing things to leak out and there needs to be healing. You need to be made whole so that when you walk out of church, hallelujah, something is in your spirit that lasts all week, that lasts a couple months and you can be overflowing with faith in the living God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Today we're here for healing from this problem. Miraculous deliverance and miraculous restoration of faith. And I'm closing right now. So the prevailing thought or question is if that what I've been teaching and preaching applies to you. And to a certain measure or another, I think it applies to pretty much everybody. That I've been allowing things, injuries, brokenness from my past, 
offenses. My own unforgiveness of myself for my own failures. Questions, thoughts in my mind to cause my faith to be compromised. What do I do? Last scripture, verse 2 Corinthians 10 and 2. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Put put the scripture up for me, please. The pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Guess where spiritual warfare happens? The majority of spiritual warfare happens between your ears. Oh, God have mercy. The weapons of our spiritual warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a hidden, armed place in the mountain, a little cave where your enemy can sit up there and just throw stuff at you. Boom, 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 over and over and over again. And you can't get up there to where he is to pull out the stronghold. The Bible says there is power through the gifts of the Spirit, through the weapons of our warfare, to the pulling down of strongholds. That's these spiritual leeches and parasites that are sucking you dry. Those are strongholds that through the Spirit, I believe, are going to be pulled down. But look at what the Bible says. Just to make sure you're clear on this, the Bible says this is what the pulling down of strongholds is. It is casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God being, well, what is, if I have knowledge of God, that is faith, amen, that is my faith in God, and bringing into captivity every thought, the thoughts that have been messing with you, the thoughts that have been oppressing you, the thoughts that have been tormenting you, When you get alone and they begin to tool around in your head. Those thoughts have been so pervasive in some of you that they've begun to affect your decisions and choices that you make. And you can't thrive and you can't overcome. I'm sorry if I'm being a little melodramatic today, but the Holy Ghost is getting ready to cast down and pull down those thoughts that have been established in your spirit for a long time, that keep challenging and sapping your faith, they're coming 
down today because there's some people in the house that are saying through the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm willing to take down these thoughts and to cast them down to the obedience of Christ, to the knowledge of God. So to simplify it, what's going to happen in the next five minutes is that there are repairs of broken faith that's going to happen. There are, Brother Della O said last night, it's leeches that are going to fall off. There are things that have been sucking you dry in your spirit that through the Holy Ghost they're going to come off through a conscious choice right now to cast it down. And then as soon as that happens, there is going to be, we heard it last night, a fresh baptism of faith so that everybody in this house that wants to is going to walk out of here full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's Brother Della O to lead us in prayer right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, why don't we stand together right now? And I want you to open your heart to what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do in this place over the next couple minutes, next five, ten minutes. Amen, amen. I just want to share something real quick with you. Um, we've heard from God as far as the word of the Lord goes. Um, and just to kind of give you some, uh, some structure as far as what we're going to do right now. Um, I am reminded of the fact, and this is what's going to happen. God's going to do deliverance. I believe that with God's here right now for that. But one thing I want to just point out, um, and, I, and the thing that comes to my mind is, is the life of Job. And I was talking to my brother-in-law early this morning regarding it. And uh, it just keeps coming to my mind, Job, and all that Job had did as far as what had transpired in his life uh, that would ask or any one of us would be asking questions about what God would do and how God does this. And everything that transpires in our life uh, that we begin to question and our faith becomes uh, weak in that perspective. Um, verse, in chapter 42, he says, he asks the question, Jesus or, or God asks the question, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Um, and then he goes on to, to, to say regarding that uh, and asks him, were you there when, you, when I founded the earth? And were you there when I did all these things? Were you there? And all this that he began to acknowledge to Job, and at the end of everything, Job just reiterates everything. Uh, and he says, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, and now my eyes see you. You've just heard the word of God. There's a point where you can get, when you hear a fresh word from God, that you can, all of a sudden, your faith is there to see it. And some of you have been asking the question, and I want to see it, I want to see it because I can hear it in your You've got to be able to hear it before you can see it. The next step that Job does, and this is where I want to bring us to because this is crucial to the healing and the deliverance of your faith. 
of these spirits that are on, on your faith is that he repented. The Bible says he was a man that was an upright man, a man that had everything going for him, a man that God has said, you know what, this, look at who, whom Job is. This guy, there's no one like him. But Job repented of the fact that I can never out understand the knowledge of God. And what he just said, casting down every imagination to the knowledge, it's not your knowledge or your knowledge of God as he is right now. Hear me. Because some of you, the reason why your faith is hindered and you allow these things to happen is because you're relying on your own knowledge of God. God supersedes that to where you now have to surrender yourself to say, I don't know God, but you know all things. You know all things. Only you know what's best. So every eye closed. Now here's the important part. The blood of Jesus is going to wash you clean. And as it washes you, the leeches and the parasites are going to fall. As you repent unto God, God, I'm sorry for ever questioning who you are. Forever doubting what you are. Forever even thinking that I can do this on my own. Forever thinking that I know what's best for me. When you are all-knowing and you have everything in your control. Lord, I repent right now. And I turn away from these doubts. And I turn away from these things that are boggling me right now. I repent. So lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord forgive you of your sins right now of your faith being doubt and swayed God is going to wash you right now his blood is upon you and he is washing you away right now all that stuff and the leeches and the parasites are going to be no more. Because God is fixing to fall on you. That fresh anointing, that faith, unsurmountable faith is going to flood your soul right now, your spirit right now. 
there's going to be an overwhelming confidence and trust. Because you can already feel, Lord, I feel trust in this place. I trust you, Jesus. I believe you, Lord, right now that you are forgiven of my sins. Sometimes I think we just rush this a little bit too much. But right now where you're at, just go ahead and talk to him. Holy Ghost is here. You can feel him. You're not going to be the same. The devil is a liar. And those seducing spirits that have been talking to you right now and trying to even infiltrate your thoughts right now, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Now here it comes. I want you to come to this altar. Come, everyone. The blood of Jesus has been applied to your life right now. And God has forgiven of you where you're at right now. There is another phase after repentance that healing comes. And God begins to, like Pastor was saying, to heal the, bo the brokenness, your reservoir, and put things back together. The healing is here right now. I'm going to pray right now because this, I think, is the right time to do so. It's what I feel. Ministering angels are going to come into this place. And they're going to minister right now to your faith. And there's going to be healing in Jesus' name. And there's going to be revelation to your spirit. Revelation of who he is like you've never known before. And there's going to be an overwhelming trust that comes upon you in confidence. That you're not going to leave this place just like, wow. That's awesome. Lift up your hands right now and I need you to lift up your voices right now. And I need you to call upon the name of the Lord right now. Release your faith right now and to believe and to receive what God is going to do right now at this moment. Right now in the name of Jesus. Under the anointing and unction of the Holy Ghost. I pray right now in Jesus name. That you would loose your ministering angels in this place. Even now as we lift up our voices right now. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Loose your angels right now, Lord, to go forth and to minister to the brokenhearted right now. Minister right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be an increase of faith like never before. 
Let there be confidence and assurance and trust in you like never before. Right now in the name of Jesus, by the authority in the word of God and by the power in the name of Jesus, I loose it right now. I loose everyone in this place. I command it right now to be loosed in Jesus' name. 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 Lift up your voices in your hands right now to the Lord and receive it right now in Jesus' name. You provide the fire. That's it. Just lift up your voices right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You provide the spirit. I will open up inside. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up.
before we leave, just lift up your hands right now. Lift your hands up. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. Fill me up, Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says if, 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 a, if a boy would ask his dad for something to eat, he's not going to hand him a serpent. How much more, the Bible says, will the Lord give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I want you to repeat the words of this song right now with your hands uplifted. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel the fire of the Spirit here right now. The Bible says when Paul was on an island that a serpent came and attached itself to his arm. A blood-sucking serpent. At different points in your life, things have attached themselves to you. The Bible says Paul knew what to do. He shook off the serpent in the fire. And the serpent had no ill effect on his body. Right now, somebody needs to just shake it off in the fire. Maybe you need to do it physically right now to let it know. I'm not carrying this around anymore. I'm shaking it off into the fire. Okay, here's what's going to happen. The next step is confession. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means if you've been set free, you can't keep quiet. That means if you believe that God has delivered you today, if you believe that God has released some things off of you today, in just a moment, I want you to say so. 
I want you to lift up your voice uh, and I want you to shout. Somebody let the redeemed uh, of the Lord say so. Somebody needs to lift up your voice uh, and give thanks to the Lord right now. Somebody needs to let it out. I believe uh, I'm not going to fight with this after I leave here. God set me free and I want to let it be known. say so oppression fear negativity bad habit I'm shaking you off in the fire son has set free is free indeed some of you need to show it on your countenance somebody needs to show it in your body language right now I've been set free Somebody smile right now. Smile real big. Anybody know how to do a high five? I want you to give a high five and say, He the sun sets free is free indeed. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. I know it's a little bit late, but let's rejoice for a minute right now. for him as a church. 
Because as an evangelist, there's a function of faith that's going to work through him at a level that he's never been at before. And I want you to reach forth your hands. Men, come around. Ladies, come around. We're going to pray for him right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, there is a promotion in terms of anointing. There's a promotion in terms of the functionality of faith. It's going to be released into this family right now. I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke fear. God, you're going to take care of them. You're going to meet every single need. You're going to anoint them, Lord Jesus, like never before. Fresh anointing on this vessel right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus name. Hallelujah, Lord. Shandana kasata ravambo sata el kalarasoto la brakarosha. Shandara vabokarosoto la vabokaroshataya. Manna every morning, Lord Jesus. Manna every week. Manna every morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe that God is going to use their ministry more powerfully than ever before, number one, and number two, that he's going to open doors for them like crazy that don't make sense, and number three, if you believe that God is going to provide every one of their needs, I want you to put your hands together and give thanks to God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Shandayara Mamosatarava Kurover Boshandarava Bosaya. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 We're going to uh, move our celebration just a moment to uh, the foyer there. And uh, foyer in the side area. There's no life kits today, so you can fill out over there if it gets too compacted. And we want to celebrate and, and uh, celebrate their time with us. And um, there's a lot of love right here. Do you feel that? A lot of love right here. Amen. So um, 
but before we do, I, I do want to give them a chance to uh, to say anything that they want to say, anything that they feel, and um, uh, and then when they're finished, you're dismissed to move to the next phase, which is our uh, uh, celebration together in the foyer. So I'm going to let uh, Pastor Motto say what he wants to say, and then he can allow his wife to. And thank you if you're guests with us here today. Thank you for being here with us. And it's a little bit, a little different here today, but uh, I think everything is ordered to the Lord here. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to first and foremost say that it's been an honor and an absolute joy to my family and I to be part of the Life Church family. And once you're part of a family, you are always part of that family. Amen. So I feel that uh, as we continue and move and God ordains and, and orders our steps, that we will always be part of Life Church. We, we will cry with every loss, but we'll always s- still celebrate with every victory because we're part of the family. Amen. And, and I know everything that's going to come up about. Amen. Uh, we have a hand and, and, and a part in that, and we want to celebrate with that. It's not, oh, they're doing this. It's we're doing this. And I believe God's going to continue to unfold his blessings. And, and what we're seeing here and experiencing now, amen, is just the beginning of what God had planned, amen, when he, when he brought our pastor to Pasadena, amen, and, 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 and God did all those things. And I, I want to just say these t- last two things is that God will always honor your your obedience above your sacrifice it doesn't matter all that you sacrifice for the kingdom but if you're not obeying god and you're not obeying the man of god your sacrifice won't mean much amen and and god cannot consume an altar and bring the fire down amen with something that's tainted and life church as we grow and we move forward I pray that not only will you bring a sacrifice unto God, but that you will bring forth obedience and a a clarity and a faith that God knows what he's doing, amen. And so I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to believe in you, amen. And secondly, you will never go wrong upholding the man of God and the family of God in your life. If If that's one thing I could leave with life churches to always Always, always, always honor the man of God in your life. We're, we're, we're a society that compartmentalizes everything now. We separate church from career and from sports and from extracurricular things. But when it comes to God and the kingdom of God and the man of God, amen, he is always your pastor, amen. He is the good shepherd, hallelujah, and God reigns supreme. So life, church, as we march forward in victory, amen, we don't have time to play games anymore and to bring a tainted sacrifice. But, Lord, I'm going to bring and present to you myself as a living sacrifice, amen. And so I I will come back and I will see and celebrate what God is doing here at Life Church, and I am expecting great things. Y todos dicen, amen. And I'm going to let my wife close it out, and she's pretty dynamic. So uh, if, we, if we have another altar call, then that's all right. But here she is. Praise the Lord, Life Church. Um, I must concur on so many levels with my husband, but I have to say um, these last two years went by too fast. But um, I am so thankful that we were able to be a part of Life Church family. Um, there's been so many comments, and we've been a blessing here. I'm telling you what, you have been a blessing to our family 
And I want to thank you for loving us, just from the get-go, embracing us, loving my children um, in all of their wildness. <laughs> but I, we, <laughs> we love everyone here. And um, to Pastor and Sister Brown, um, words are just not adequate to say thank you for allowing us to team up with you. And I love Pastor and Sister Brown so much. And I respect them and I honor them as my pastor and wife. And I shared this with them a couple nights ago, but it's so true. And that is, there's people in your life that you admire from afar off and you respect from afar off. And that's how, before two years ago, that's how I, my relationship with Pastor and Sister Brown was. I respected them from afar off. I admired them from afar off. We didn't get to see each other that much, but that respect and admiration was there. But two years ago when we came here and to be a part of the pastoral team here at Life Church, and we had an opportunity and a privilege to be close to Pastor and Sister Brown, sometimes on a daily basis, um, interacting with them, being in their home. I can say after two years that my love and admiration is not only there, but it has grown even more. They're real people. They're real people. Their passion for our church is just incredible. Their love for the people of God, I will always take that with me. I love that. And I love Pastor Mr. Brown. Thank you for allowing us to be here on your team. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of such an incredible church. I'm telling you, I'm going to look back on these two years and I will always have just great memories. Great, great, great memories. And please keep us in your prayers as we will do the same. And like I said, I am so excited. I believe with all my heart that our greatest days are ahead. Greatest, it's not time to be weary and well-doing because the Bible says if we, we're gonna reap if we faint not. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to receive what God has for me. And I'm ready to see what God has for Life Church. And it's gonna go exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think because that's how God works. We have our plans, but God has his. And I'm telling you, they're gonna exceed what we can plan, God's plans goes far beyond that. And I'm, I'm so anxious to see what God's going to do in Life Church. And we will be wherever we are, but we're going to be cheering on because we're, our victories are the same. If there's a victory here, I'm going to feel like it was just in my family because this is a my family. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for a wonderful two years. God bless you. Amen. Thank you very, very much. Amen. And how beautiful. So God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. There's a place for you to uh, write a card for them if you uh, would like to do that. And um, also uh, enjoy some fellowship, good cake. Cake. Pastel. Pan. Pan dulce. Pastel. Pastel.